Hello, everyone. Amelia Taylor-Hawkberg here, Archinex Managing Editor. The interview you're about to hear was recorded live as part of Archinex's podcasting event series, Next Up, held at Los Angeles's Architecture and Design Museum on October 29th. We've hosted Next Ups before at Giant Jai Gallery in Los Angeles and at the inaugural Chicago Architecture Biennial. This time around, we're focusing on the LA River and the constellation of issues surrounding its redevelopment. With so much controversy and history surrounding the river, we wanted to do justice to its complexity, so we gathered a vast range of professionals, from artists and architects to planners and journalists, to share their perspective. We hope you enjoy this interview from Next Up, the LA River. I'm really honored to be here with so many river heroes. So Play the LA River is organized by a collective of artists, scientists, environmental humanists, scholars, citizen scientists, and more. And we all came together around a common love of the river in all of its binary loveliness, whether that is the industrial sublime of seeing the river in some of the southern and downtown stretches in particular, or the more Arcadian view where you can walk in the center of the river at the Elysian Valley and really escape. Or you can visit with the homeless encampments that also reside there, where you see the diversity of countless neighborhoods and over 18 cities that intersect in various ways. So we came together because we wanted to bring people to the river in order to let people know that the river exists. When we started, that wasn't a given. It's been in the press so much, there's been so much spin around it that that seems less the point. And yet at the same time, in putting together a guide that took the form of a 52-card deck that you could play, each card of which can take you to a specific part of the river with usually legal access. And that's a feat that I think still hasn't been paralleled. There are a few guides that I really value. Uh, Folar has two uh, river guides that are fantastic. You know, they're, uh, you know, we've got the Creek Freak and Linton's Guide to the River, which is, a, you know, is a few years old. But we wanted to be able to get people to the river to experience the river and let the river be its own best advocate. We also wanted people to participate in using that space in a playful way in which they might also do some important political work. So play is about fun, but it's also about reimagining imagining what you might be able to do at these various sites. And it's also about instantiating a public sphere. In other words, there's a political purpose that needs to be engaged. And we were hopeful that by bringing people to the river, whether it was through artistic activities or through advocating for kayaking, or whether it was for pop-up picnics like Leela Higgins was hosting on a regular basis and continues to, or whether it was through art projects, that we might bring people to discover the river as theirs, recognize the history of those sites through our card deck and guide, and also engage digital media to let people post and share what they were doing there. We hope that in that way, we could serve both that leisure and entertainment factor, but also to do some really important work about embodiment, how we can embodiment the public who has been by the river multi-generationally, but also in going forward can have a stake and lay claim to that river as it revitalizes. So I guess I'm not as fun as all that because that just really sounded academic. <laughs> the results are fun though. <laughs> Shall I go ahead? Yes, please. So, Stephen Appleton, and there, there are a lot of parallels uh, to what Catherine's talking about. Uh, I come from a public art background, and really my engagement with the river uh, comes from this orientation about wanting to do something. So, you know, the Arcadian has been uh, spoken about a lot tonight. I would suggest there's also the less tame version of the river, and I'm really interested in that. I'm also interested in that from an architectural perspective. I'm also interested in that in a social perspective. So LA River Kayak Safari was a little bit tongue-in-cheek when we started it because we knew about the river, 
I had spent a lot of time day to day and still do on the river. And I knew that it was an experience that uh, was really uh, changing for people. So I, just today, I was on the river with a group of students who are mapping storm drains. It's a really practical project about doing some filtration of storm drain outfalls in a pilot program. When I came back, there's a guy with his daughter. They went, they said, can I see the water? It's all plants here, go over th through here. And they came back very effusive. And there, there is this experience that I think is really transformational. We've taken about 60,000 people down the river, free, cheap, sometimes paid. And what happens when you go down below the sound plane of the, the city, I think is significant. It's not much spoken about. I see Leela nodding her head. There is an experience where you're entering into the river. Now you're sort of on the stage. Uh, the theater is up there. And what you hear is completely transformed. So that, that kind of auditory experience. I also feel that for people getting out in a kayak or in certain other kind of physical experiences, it's very transformational. You're out of your element. There, it, so I think the desire people have for that experience is not just about a controlled space or, or just about access. It's also about this kind of freedom that we experience within the city, where suddenly you're released from certain things within the city. You may even be released from your technology for a while. I kind of bemoan the iPhone 7 that now it's waterproof because I had a great excuse to tell people to leave it behind and be engaged with those 14 people on that trip. I, I want to just comment on just briefly that also kind of on a, this question about uh, the hyperbole and the dichotomies that come out through the press and, and through this conversation. For me, anytime we're looking for the answer or the design, regardless of the, the personality, I think we, we err. You know, I, I've been really uh, inspired, as obviously the Pitzer Committee was too, by Alejandro Aravena's projects, where you're looking at social housing, where you have two units wide at the bottom and one at the top, leaving an open space and a series of broken teeth. And I, I think it's a perfect metaphor for how we might want to think about design and think about the river. The opportunity of that was started from pragmatism. There was a budget limit. Either the house was going to be too far away from the city or it was going to be too small. Instead, it invested in a kind of a social venture capital that the individuals who own that property would then express through it later, but it also leveraged their labor. So I, I, I'm a big believer in the action base right now. And so through kayaking, my small group, we have a little subgroup called River Action Partners, where we're really working to direct technical and hands-on solutions so that we can take and harness that enthusiasm people have with direct contact involvement in the river. And can I just add that I actually was a spy on your educational adventure this morning. I was on the path and I was listening because I was walking and it was a really engaging moment of really enabling people to explore and experience and engage. So how do you, how do you uh, raise the awareness of, of both the river and the organizations that you run? And who are the people that are, that are coming to engage in many ways, because we were something of an ad hoc group, kind of a scrappy group that got some grant money to do stuff together and don't have our own infrastructure. We were relying on the river infrastructure. It's really challenging because our hope was that we could be people-based, that we could crowdsource, that we would be able to engage, you know, so many different communities along the span of the river. And that's really difficult to do. And in many ways, I think the starting point is perhaps some of the environmental justice organizations. And we did a lot of work to reach out to different organizations within a few miles of the river and who'd been, you know, sort of advocating for the river in different stretches. In hindsight, 
it would have been perhaps advantageous to actually figure out more long-term strategies for being able to engage those different activist organizations, because I feel that they are the representatives of their communities in ways that as a collective outside of all of those communities, we, you know, couldn't possibly, you know, meet the tasks at hand. But that said, there's so much interest in being able to figure out how to get to the river that simply using, you know, digital sources and really um, advertising our, you know, art events or just the variety of events in different locations, we could get people who were passers-by or who already knew about it. But, you know, again, I think along the entire stretch of the river, what's really key is the outreach tools that we might be able to use in terms of all of those different groups that are already active in their own neighborhoods. So being able to harness that, I think, is really key um, and is probably what needs to happen more in going forward. So, uh, you know, this the, the theme of the river has been used should be spoken about, yeah. too. And so I think the second kayak trip we took, an elderly gentleman who was about 80 years old came up to me in Spanish and explained how he and his buddies had had a kayaky that he made out of plot plywood, and they had a, a bike dolly. And one of the boys would put it in, and they'd go downstream to downtown. The other two would pedal down, pick it up, bring it back, and they'd go in a cycle. So it's been going on for a while. For me, in terms of how to engage people with the river, I've been just, I I could say blessed, and I I really feel it that way, to have uh, so many friends on different facets working here in the river. So I see Mia nodding her head, and and she should, because Mia has brought so many people to the river to kayak with us, and that's always been a context for conversation. There's Julie, there's Folar and their involvement with the Frog Spot, where a few years ago, what had been my outdoor sculpture studio really felt like a public moment coming, and Folar was ready to come in and step onto that land and take a role. So, you know, we've had opportunity to do community paddle events, and there are challenges in in the fear of change and and how we manage that. Um, But the, the ways, the kind of strategies I'm having or trying to work with are to engage people in action. So as opposed to sitting around and talking about the design or the outcome, more to engage with the process. And in that process, I think there's a better understanding that comes. Um, And so that's what I'm most interested in, the ways in which we access social spaces in which we come to understanding and, and talk through issues rather than attaching them to results at this stage in the game. Obviously, there, there have to be, and there are huge infrastructural challenges that, that must be dealt with in, in professional ways. By the same token, a lot of it really comes down to how people come to understand that through, through communicating. And I think some of the educational aspects are also worth reiterating that I think that Friends of the LA River and many other organizations and that Mia has written about and talked about and that, you know, at the Bowtie Parcel is happening all the time, how we engage youth in a creative reimagination of the uses of public space and the river in particular, how we engage them as citizen scientists. And I think some of those different school projects have been really fruitful. We partner, we've been partnering with Artworks LA, which runs programs with 17 um, continuation high schools. And some of the kids can't leave probation camp to go to the river. So it becomes a metaphor. And yet the imagination around that is incredible. So that's another powerful force that the river can actually serve as, right? As um, inspiring, not just play and ideas, but also that metaphorical role of, you know, being invested in your future. I just wanted to say one thing too. And I, one of the other kind of uh, tropes and stereotypes of all this is that there's the designers, there's the community and there's government and the politicians and the developers, you know. And one of the big experiences for me has been engaged in the civic activity and understand the depth of emotion 
and attachment and design sensibility that goes through the civic design process too. And the kind of respect that, that I think as a civic activity, this is gaining. And uh, I really appreciate um, and have learned a lot. You know, there was a tendency as a citizen to kind of look at government in this negative way. And this has been a kind of opening process for me as a person and as a citizen. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for sharing your stories and your experiences with the river.